Hello, welcome to the Men on Mission podcast. Today's guest is Darren Bruce, a man that works inside of relationships. You do a lot of different stuff, by the way. I'm even going to say that. I do. And the first time I met Darren was at Dane Thomas's house, and there was a guy there, this big strapping man, white belt, and I was afraid because I know exactly (laughs) what happens when you roll with a white belt that's physically a menace. And complete handful, and I had a rad time, and massive heart. Couldn't choke the heart out, and we had some good chats. And then recently, I've been doing some um, stuff on socials around the archetypes, the king, warrior, lover, magician archetypes, and I saw some of the work that Darren's doing around archetypes as well, and that his model is different to mine. And as you guys know, I'm a complete fucking nerd, and had to reach out and talk to him, and... Months ago, we did decide to do a podcast and it's finally happened, but we've only got a short amount of time. So we're <laughs> going to wrap this thing and get stuck straight into it. So thank you, brother, for being on the show. You're so welcome. I'm super happy to be here, man. <laughs> so In good. person. Yeah, All right. So good. Let's kick this off. So you've got some, the communication code model that uses archetypes. So tell us, tell us about it. Yeah. So the communication code is like a framework. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a picture um, that gives you an understanding. Basically, if you think of what a, what a map is like or Google Maps for driving your car to a destination, mm. it works as a map for a person. And in my experience, it's always been accurate with myself or with a person of their strengths, their weaknesses, you know, the, the, the components that help them thrive and also the things that are their, their greatest fears that, you know, that also kind of drive their their behavior um and so and it also allows us to predict if if somebody uh you know gets stuck or or starts spiraling down or you know freezes or whatever they get really stressed we know the action they need to take every time in Mm. order to in order to change that so um what i was thinking today was i can talk through each one of those and see if if uh you know, if the listeners can identify in those and then just know what action it is that they need to take in order to move forward and continue to to make progress because I've always seen it like aligning. And just talk about some of the things we spoke about before the recording about the opposing frames and how this applies to relationships and that sort of stuff as well. Man, it sounds good. Well, the first one I zoomed into when I'm looking at this map was health. Yeah. So do we go through the green? How does that work? Well, I suggest we start with the blue because I want to talk about how yeah. you know, have everyone understand that with all creation, we just ask four questions in order to create anything. We has to everything started with an idea, right? We said, "What if we created this?" You know, the the guys who <laughs> uh, created the first plane or <laughs> whatever it the is, the wheel, right? yeah, or um, bloody, what's his name, uh, Tesla, electricity, all that sort of stuff. So. So the, what if is the first question and, and then once we figure out, you know, we choose something, then we ask, well, why would we do that? And like, you know, you may have heard Schopenhauer, the philosopher said, when the why is big enough, the how will happen, right? So yes. people need to know why they're doing something. Um, I can really resonate with that. I'm always asking my wife when she asked me to do something, why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. And then logically we say, well, what do we need to do? You know, it's about the strategy. And then we say how we get into the specifics. And so 
what I'm going to talk through is it represents the question that somebody has asked most consistently and most things are learned behavior. So mm. whoever we learn this off ask that question most most commonly. I, they ask what if, why, what or how. And so the most familiar question then represents the most familiar identities slash archetypes. Yes. Thing, that, that, will, that will act out, right? Um, and so I want to talk through those three evolving archetypes and also the components that involve them like performing really, really well. Mm. Uh, and, and then the actions that that person needs to take as well in order to, to grow and evolve and just go through each archetype as well and, and give a little understanding of what's the key. There's really a key boundary that's required for, for the person to grow or evolve, evolve into that new become a new version of themselves right that that yeah. archetype i'm just trying to use like basic language as well as archetype <laughs> um yeah but the key thing is a boundary and i'll come back to this but a good example is right we're going to talk about the carer healer humanitarian hmm. the carer the difference between the carer and the healer the boundary is the healer knows when to care for themselves and when to care for others that's the whole boundary right yes so if the carer hasn't yet evolved to the healer then they're unconscious to when to discern between uh when to care for themselves and others and ironically the opposing frame the how of the why is all motivated by their internal needs yes which is the opposite of the carer right they like want to care and, and give etc but they need to adopt that that motivator of being motivated by their internal needs and that's the warrior that's that discerns well of when to care for self or others. And so mm. evolving into that humanitarian or slave warrior king is the other evolving identities that we need to learn how to, how to discern well like that to keep going up those, those levels. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm trying to follow along and I can see that. I see the dreamer, magician, artist in the blue because that's what you spoke about. So that's what I said. We'll start with like if... if if someone most has asked the question, what if most commonly, unconsciously or consciously, they're always asked, they're always, they're creators, right? They, their strength will be presence, as you can see there. Mm -hmm. Their strength will be, and then we can break it down into uh, either mental, emotional, physical or spiritual. You can see that's one of those, those three basic components yeah. that make reality up. Their strength is... Uh, spiritual right because the dreamer is that's intangible yeah yes and it then is. and then the the magic the art that's all it comes from the intangible dreaming that, that is then applied etc and so to what if what if this could be possible what, exactly. what like yeah an engineer yeah you know someone like that that's right and so they're motivated by the external possibility you know what is something that they can create so s spiritual is important for them to be connected to that that intangible environment is a really important one. They need to be in the right environment. They need to collaborate. And they also, out of the, you know, the six human needs, love and connection is the one that helps them thrive. If they don't have love and connection, it's like that sense of love and connection that they feel, whether they see it externally, right, and they get it from another person, place, or, or thing, but then they also feel it in themselves mm. and that connection to themselves allows them to really create powerful 
work. And oh, it, and that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm imagining someone right now that I know like absolutely needs love and connection mm. and they're very creative. And I want to say like, just because I'm saying we're going to go through these four frames and, and whoever's listening, if they resonate with one, they might go, oh, that's me. Sometimes people get it right. Sometimes, you know, I'll say, well, this, everything you're saying is showing me that you're this other <laughs> this other one. Like we <laughs> spoke about how we're student, teacher, sage, right? We're literally learning and teaching right now and, and but creating magic and collaborating. So we're using that other other frame. But um, all of these four frames are familiar within us, right? Just one seems to be more familiar. That's what yes. it's about. So that's it's about leading with your strengths. So finding out which one's most familiar. But I want to give you some examples and tell you a story because once I learned this framework after I was with my my wife, well, we were we were engaged at the time um, before I, I learned this whole training, did this course. Um, I then was able to backtrack and realize all the moments when my wife felt the most love and connection. She would go and do what's the thing that she would go and do? She'd pull out her uh, like these big drawing uh, ca- white canvas and she'd draw or she'd paint. That's the thing she used to do as a kid because I went to her house, her parents' house when she was a, for where she lived as a kid and they've still got these little drawings she did up in the house when she was 10 or 12 but she never does it, right? But those moments where I've seen like, you know, there's, you know, maybe we've just made love or there's something really exciting going on in our lives that that we're really clear and aligned with that that she go and draw and that mm. for me is a sign that the the magician the artist in her is thriving because she has all those components yes right um and i see that so much and now i can see that in the same person who's and we see that in you know musicians and things like they like fall in love they get really inspired you know and they write a lot or they you know Yep. Yeah, I, I see that for myself. When I'm in love, I write so much poetry. I can't stop, Yeah, you know, but it's not always there. Mm. I wonder what that is. Yeah. An- yeah. Angelina Jolie's a, she's like a humanitarian. She asks why, but then she's also developed that artist so much in, in that artwork, but she wants to move away from it because she's really truly here to be humanitarian mm. more than an artist. That's mm. her, her strength. Um, yeah, so the next one is why. So if someone is most familiar with asking that question why, they are the carer, healer, humanitarian. That's their journey to ultimately lead with, with that, you know, caring for humanity. And, and their strengths will be emotions, uh, if they're in touch with their emotions. Their strength will be significance out of the, the six or the four basic needs. Uh that that they're yeah they they're getting significance. If they're not getting significance, then they will not be doing well. And they're motivated by you know being able to help and serve others to get that significance. Mm. And then the people who ask what their their strength is mental. Their their need is variety. When they have variety, they thrive. They need systems and time. They really thrive with those things as well. Uh, it's also my experience time is time is really an emotion how how we experience that so I think time is a lot about um, yeah it's about connection as well ironically so I think when we have that too and we're able to manage that well we really thrive as student teachers and and sages like developing that wisdom to become 
a wise sage that you know you've actually applied everything implemented everything that you're that you're learning yeah the embodiment is really the part exactly that's right like you've actually practiced what you've learned and and that's actually it's a great point so the greatest challenge for the student teacher sages implementing like when they're when they're not implementing there there's no progress and that's that's been my biggest downfall is i my number one strength is input so i can quite easily feel busy getting lots of information i can (laughs) listen to podcasts 24 7 get all these ideas and then do nothing with it and it's like Mm. Lindsay, what's the fucking point how about you just do one thing and that is way better than just absorbing for hours you know, I spent a year sitting in a room in the, mili- in the military, like by myself in this military base, creating like, finding out what my values are and aligning them with a vision of, you know, most service contribution, a, a business I wanted to start, right? Started my company and, and I was like listening to all these different inspirations and and then I heard the quote, knowledge is not power, applied knowledge is power. And I just... I wrote that down like that was on all of the, you know, the brand company. I, it was that moment there. That was like my my anchor to making sure that I'm. it doesn't matter what I know, right? It's only what I've applied. And to hear that was so powerful and so useful to come back to. And yes, I've also like noticed times still where, you know, I start learning and I think to, I now I have that moment where I'm, I'm calm enough to say to myself, okay, is what I'm just wanting to learn right now, is that actually going to me get me further towards the result that I want, right? Or is it just something that I just want to learn because I love learning, right? And I can <laughs> yes. have time for that as well. Yes. Because I started listening to Andrew Huberman uh, today about, you know, latest studies on alcohol intake and I'm like, I don't need to listen to this. is something I want to know about more about for my health, but for where my goals are at the moment, uh, I'll switch to something else. But um. Yeah, so, and then the how, the how person, these people are pretty rare, right? They're really specific. They're actually great for, if they're an employee, you will never, they will never come ask you a question. They'll get everything done. They'd be like, yep, it's done. And you might even like go and think, where are they? Are they okay? They haven't come back to me or I haven't seen them and they've just gotten everything done because that's their whole world, how they experience the world is in such specific detail. So they use specific wording. They like slow down when they're talking to explain everything in specific detail. They're the slave warrior ruler. That's their journey. So, you know, slave, like I look in modern terms of these archetypes and the slave is the employee. Yep. Slave is also like the person who's just started going to the gym or they're like slaving away in the gym with like for no purpose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then... You know, they they upgrade to the warrior. Essentially, it's like a person going from employee to self-employed or entrepreneur. Right? They've chosen to go on the warrior's journey to act because, like, that's the new war. Like, we don't have really either. Many of us have war to fight anymore, right? Aside from right. military. So, I believe business or sport is the that's the closest we can get. That's the challenge. Yeah. You know, unless people want it in their relationship, which seems to be the case as well. Well. Yeah, well, hopefully we're a team and we're warriors together to become king and queen. <laughs> yeah, or queen and queen, no judgment. Um, yeah, but they evolved to the warrior, right? And discernment is a big part of that. Uh, and then warrior to king, they need to learn that, you know, that the ruler, the king or queen, the most resourceful version of that to maintain that archetype is to, and the boundary is to learn that they'll always be a slave to their kingdom. 
Yes, so they're always in like, service. Yeah, so that's that's the journey. If you look at all the tyrant rulers, they stopped being in service to to their kingdom, to the people they served, and they start just serving themselves. Yeah, and they didn't obviously didn't get that reciprocated back, and off with his head. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. And yeah. there's a part in that with discipline, right? So it says yep. in the map here around discipline. Yeah, well, that's their strength, and so when they don't use that, then yeah, they'll be. So they'll structure be for them is really important. Well, yeah, the, for the why person, the person who's the carer healer, structure is actually really important. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that they'll get structure from things or like people are actually structures for them that they get the significance from. Like they, right. you know, they think consciously I'm caring for this person, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person, you know, but unconsciously it's, I'm pleasing this person that keeps my nervous system unregulated, that keeps me feeling like I have a sense of belonging because that's the environment I grew up in. <laughs> There's the, the motivator externally. Um, but, but so they're actually really looking at a person as a structure, as a thing that they can use really unconsciously. But And yeah, what they need to learn is the discipline to use their own structure to give give themselves their own needs, right? Because if mm-hmm. they're motivated by the needs of, of others, their journey, their lifelong journey is to learn how to actually give themselves what they need rather than getting it from just giving because then they can over-identify as the carer or the healer and that can consume them, right? Or it's like any identity, right? We can over-identify with something. And so it's like a person who's overweight says, I am fat and, and or the way that they look consumes, you know, they look on the scales and they're emotional about a number that they see and it's just logical, but, but because they're over-identifying as their body um, or person with career, you know, I went through that big death. I went through that big <laughs> death too. It's like, I am a this. And it's like, I am not that. I'm barely my fucking name oh. these days. Like the transformation I've had over the last five years. Oh, yeah. It's just huge. Yeah. I think it's a good thing too. And I think that's the part of like, to me, that's the king energy of like knowing that everything happens in a cycle and that death, king knows mm. the death because he's integrated the the magician, the lover and the warrior, the way I think about archetypes. Well, yeah, like... I 100% agree. And there's one thing that always stuck with me. Uh, three of my favorite books that was recommended in my training was uh, The Hero Within, Awaken the Hero Within, which is all about archetypes from Carol S. Pearson. And the way she describes the warrior is that the lowest, the least developed warrior is the destroyer. And I see that in, I think about when we're kids, when so I've got a toddler, they destroy everything, right? They just go they draw on the walls. They, they'd fuck up everything if you didn't stop them. But then interestingly, she says the highest the highest developed warrior is still the destroyer, but destroying internal character traits, behaviors. Mm-hmm. And so with every new archetype or identity he's creating through his skill set or whatever, he's then destroying one within himself. And that really wow. resonated with me and made sense. Like the internal the, war that we've got to yeah, face inside yeah. of ourselves. Of, and yeah. I, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like the king has gone through so many deaths of himself that he's no longer so, you know, stressed about that happening. Like he can handle it. He's like, okay, I'm okay with the deaths now. This isn't actually real death. It's mental death. Talking to, are you talking about my life at the moment? <laughs> but I'm talking about my life as well. Cause wow. like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I was invited to, I was invited to a gathering, you know, gathering of Kings the other night. Uh, I think, you know, like 
uh, Pete at dinner. Yeah, and I was like, this is so awesome. I'm getting invited to someone who said this, like sees me this way because I feel like my journey is still moving towards, you know, I feel a little bit like that, but I could be so much more of that. Mm. And, and yeah, I, I definitely feel as well, like you know, my life has been warrior, sport, high-level sport, military, etc. And then I've worked with these high-performing guys who are essentially what I was, emotionless high-performance machines, like is the best way I can describe them, right? Guys from police, Air Force, Special Forces, all have come to me with relationship challenges, right? Where, where now emotion <laughs> How do involved. I be emotional? Yeah, yeah. How do I perform highly... And with these, and deal with these, deal with these feelings. So, so uh, I think I want to actually. Um, oh yeah, I wanted to just speak a bit about the archetype of achiever, or like that identity with me, because I feel like the reason that I have been able to help those dudes, aside from all my training and everything, I mean, I've actually lived it and realized, been able to look back now and go, holy shit, like when I wasn't achieving something, like it's so true for me from what I've learned that like I learned at a young age that if I'm not achieving something, I don't get any attention or acknowledgement and I essentially, that means I'm, I'm ashamed or I'm embarrassed because I'm not achieving anything in this moment. Right? It's literally like what's next, what's next, what's next. So it's like I was always like, I think that's where the grass is greener. Um, the what metaphor yeah, comes yeah. from, mm. Yeah because I never had that presence which is in the opposite frame to stop and go shit actually I don't need anything right now I have everything I need I'm content I can be happy and I could be way more than I am right now right mm-hmm. so like when you say opposite frame for the for the listeners yeah when they look at this map down the bottom right is the what and are you saying the top left is the opposite yeah what if what and what if because yeah, okay. because the well, the what is strategy Right, that's the strategy, and then all mental is their strength. Fire is the element, because we think, you know, when we strategize and as we talk, we get hotter. You know, we heat up with all this electrons, elect- electricity going through our body, our brain. But then the what if person, air, is their element, oxygen, and air is like it's intangible, right? Ether. Like moving through space, yeah, air, and they're all all spiritual. So it's like that gives us our Ah, oh, you know, like a break from uh, just thinking and learning and teaching and talking and doing all that mental work. Mm. And that allows us to like integrate the best of both worlds. I'm loving it, man. I mm. I totally don't get it. And that's why I'm so <laughs> interested. I'm like, I've got to learn well, this. And that's totally my learner. Right? And, and here's the important thing, right? That people need to know. If you're someone who's like that dreamer, creator, the action that they need to take if they're stuck they're not collaborating that's what they need to do collaborate yep um for the what person the student teacher they need a mind map how to implement it that's all i'm over chasing and when i say mind map map, yeah so and and that's why it makes sense why if you are that you like seeing this right because you can make sense of things more yes visual yeah but also that's your mental models right yes and you're very great for mental strength and teaching but then think of mind map as well as journaling anything down on paper or anything you can draw any any sort of tactics you have with journaling or writing is also another mind map you can do it's funny because at my last (laughs) job it was like i needed to build stuff all day and they didn't have any build 
um, sheets for it. So I just had to work it out. But what I would love, it's like trying to do Lego with no instructions, right? Like it makes no sense. Whereas for me, it's like, where's the fucking build sheet for this thing? Like if mm. you give me the map, I can just, I yeah. can do it. I get it. It makes sense. It's real. Yeah. It's tangible, you know? I feel that. And what I want to say as well, because you understand this is this, when I say that the student teacher, their strength is mental, that means that their strength is disassociating, right? That's yep. the strength. And we always need to f- associate, right? It can't de- be disassociated the whole time. That's where it's downfall. So that's where the presence and the what if really thrives. But then being present all the time, we can never future pace, right? We can, we got we never like, Dream. Yeah, we never pierce time and look into the future and go, well, well, who's the version of me I want to bring into now and, and, and what are the outcomes that are aligned with them, etc. And now I can be present again and take that action, be detached from that outcome. Yeah. Mm. So that's how they work work together. So the action uh, is the mind map for the what person, but then the, the why, care, healer, humanitarian, their important action if they're stuck is they need, they need a boundary. There's a boundary place because that carer has lack of boundaries because they've been caring for others <laughs> so, right so that's on the, i haven't given you that other page there's a whole page on this mm-hmm. but the why person they need to create a list of things they're going to start doing and things they're going to stop doing because that'll get them to start thinking instead of being emotional they'll disassociate and they'll be in they'll be that use the student in them and they'll go oh what else do i need to start and stop doing and they'll be focusing on that all day long and going oh shit i realize now i need to put a boundary in place of time with this person or or what i'm actually doing throughout my day right the things i'm wasting time etc and then the how person their uh action i'm not gonna remember this one off the top of my head um is what's it gonna be discipline no. Doesn't say it in there. Obstacles stuck. Physical obstacles trapped. Uh, Results? Primary action is to be given specific literal action steps to follow with immediate feedback. Makes they sense. They need benchmark and KPIs to set them out because they're so specific. Yes. So if you give them broad details of what to do... They'll get lost. That's right. It's like, how do I do this? Of course, how, right? So it's like, tell me how and I'll do it. Yep. Got it. That so makes so much sense. Let me go back to the why person. And by the way, so we spoke about the key the key com- like principle. So the what if person was they got to collaborate. The what person was implementing, that's super. Because notice how this moves them to the next frame. When we collaborate, then we can then we can say why. We've collaborated with someone to create what we want to create. Mm-hmm. Then we can go, okay, what's the purpose of this? With with who or what we're cre- collaborating with. And so for the why person, the carer, healer, humanitarian, their key component to execute is understanding. They've got to understand. Because the carer, why, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, the carer is like, their greatest challenge is observing carelessness, observing someone not caring. If they don't understand that, the dark part of themselves, they don't want to admit that they never care, right? So for them to see someone who doesn't care, the projection onto them is, oh, you don't care, right? 
but they never want to admit that, right? Because that's it's essentially like the martyr, yeah? Um, so they, for the, if they understand, then they'll realize, oh, that person looked like they weren't caring because, well, it's usually self-preservation, right? And then they can understand and then they can start to discern between when to care for themselves and others and become the healer. They're like, yes. oh, it's okay that I don't care because I was protecting myself. I was keeping myself safe which is a lot of the breakthroughs with people that I have. Definitely. Because um, I think the care is so common with with so many people that I, whether I attract them or, but yeah, that's, I think we're, it's like saying, you know, we're all on a healing journey. Yeah. So I think a lot of us are still just like not to that, that level of, of evolved healer. You know, someone might be physically healed, but then mentally, emotionally. I mean, that's how I got in this journey. I was like, totally. I am physically fucking awesome. Why am I, do I feel like shit? You know, why is on the inside, do I say I'm numb on the inside? You know, mm. all these things. And so the healing then goes deeper, so to speak, yes. emotional, and then realize that it's, it's spiritual, it's intangible. It's been happening generations back. You know, I've, I'm passing it on. I'm, I'm just, I'm just doing what, my whole family lineage have always done and there are things I need to learn but also things I need to unlearn yes as well um, so back to the how person yeah discipline is essentially like they must be using their discipline that's what I have it down for but I was going to say with the, with the why person I said that they need to have a they need to learn when to say yes or no which is essentially that start stop list like having boundaries but they also need to be given a structure or a framework like a support system to organize themselves because they don't know how to organize themselves. Like that that's their challenge, right? Because they're always caring externally yes. for others. That yeah. They, they don't even live in themselves. <clears throat> they're just so right. out there with everyone else. Yeah, and they and I think that's funny, like I think one of the things I notice is people going, Oh, I'm an empath. You're not feeling other people's feelings. <laughs> you know? But they but they've been living that way as if that is true. No, you're just severely anxiously attached and you have a superpower called you're not you can't be safe unless you think you know what the other person's feeling so ding, you ding, can ding, get ding, it. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like, hey I'm man, there. we we know, we get it because that's what I used to feel like. Like I'm empathetic oh. in the yeah. sense of like I can watch someone's body language because for me in my life I felt so unsafe mm. that I had to read everything and be hyper vigilant mm. so I could survive. Mm. that was my survival tactic mm. it's trauma informed mm. welcome yeah. you know it's like is this my personality or is this everything trauma informed i'm like god damn it it's and it, you know it's like i don't think language is everything but there's you know there's so many insights into like the way people describe things i remember a client saying to me she goes i remember you know my mom my mother was in pain and it's almost as if like she was transmuting it to me you know, the way she described it. And it was just another version of uh, another way of believing that core belief that I am responsible for how you feel, you know, and that's so, it's so damaging. And I think that's one of the most important things with like when I'm coaching, finding out what's the core belief of all of these other, other ones. Absolutely. Know, you probably know. Yeah. I see it as well for people where, and I, particularly men, I don't think realize this as much as maybe probably women probably feel this, especially mothers, is that when you're first born, your nervous system is actually connected to your mum. Mm. So how your mum is, because the proximity and the being, you've been inside of them, you've mm. grown, 
there's an actual auto regulation happening together. There's like a, a connection, a very, very close such connection. A good, such a good point. Like and so then, well yeah. And so this to me is like why I speak to the lover archetype being developed of you're essentially an extension of your of your, of the mother. Mm. And for men, it's like at some point they realize consciously or unconsciously, pre-verbal or verbal, that they are not their mother. Mm. And they're not actually connected. There's actually separation. And then what that causes when they become their own autonomous being and start to use the word no. Yeah. You know, because no is, I'm not you. Mm. It's not, there's no fuck you in it as a kid. It's just no is like, oh, I'm actually not there. Yeah. I'm here and over here with me. You it's know, we, this beautiful play and dance because yeah. you've got a little kid. Well, right? we d- we did the test. We found out. So I've got a client who's a child psychologist and you put a dot on their forehead and see if they can figure that out. Like that, that is that is them. It's about the age of two. They can discover they have a sense of self by putting a dot in their forehead and see if they notice it. So they no longer realize that they are, yeah, like you said, that they are one with, with the mother. But it's it's such a good point that you that you make coming back to that. That, that that's our origins because um, in my experience like any time any any person has had like anger issues like annoyed frustrated irritated that comes from like learn from the mother mm-hmm. so that would kind of align with make make sense to me that that why it would come from from her initially that's that's what i've always seen and what i've been taught is like anger will come from from the mum because it's not as easier easily used because of you know the, the different hormonal i think it's more so just that we're very social creatures and to be honest often it's just we're more connected to our mum to begin with so they're the person mm. that's more significant that we have separation from and it's the first person to really like not wound us but just you know walk out of the room for two seconds and all of a sudden you're not there and i have a freak out and that's yeah. the most deepest most traumatic experience of my life to that point yeah, you know, and Are what you it does. You, you, no, or, or just yeah, in general. In general, yeah. in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just this is the part. Like you know, poor mum. You know, like mm. it gets lumped with that because whatever experience we've had growing up, whatever you've experienced is the worst experience you've had because yeah. everyone is different, but yeah. it's still just as impactful. Mm. Just some people have horrendous upbringings, and some people it's like, oh, nothing traumatic happened. My my childhood's pretty good cool why can't you remember the seven years from five to 12 <laughs> oh, i don't know you know it's like i've had that experience so with that people. i can say that it was good exactly <laughs> you know and it's just noticing the stories that we tell ourselves you know and this is for yeah. me how the magician shows up mm. you know like the way i use the archetypes is very different mm. but it's beautiful to see like this is in depth man mm. like i love this map mm. and of course i'm a sage right or the the learner in me i'm the what so like show me the what yeah you know and then i'll figure out the why and how quite simply because i've mm. got the data there looks great yeah. yeah i think it's more so a mental framework and a, and a guide but, but from yeah the way that you talk about them is it's from my perspective sounds like you understand them on a, on a real great depth and from that more yeah like intangible spiritual perspective obviously how they can become embodied like you say it can become like physically in us and how we can use them but I love that as well, yeah. Yeah, well, for me, it's the, say there's 12 archetypes, the the light and dark of the king, warrior, lover, magician. For men, particularly, mm. it's it's all in us. 
So we have all of these archetypes in us. We and have. Do you the always tyrant. see that in in all the guys? Yeah, the I, I I watch it in you. I watch it in yep. Dane. I watch it in the guys that are in that you know Kings group that I didn't get invited to. Whatever it is, <laughs> you know, like so it's like it's this cool part where it's like noticing what comes up inside of that, right? And for me, it's the the more that we can embody each of the archetypes and own them. Mm. Because the awareness creates the learning, creates the embodiment. Mm. I need to embody this part of me so I can integrate it so I can become more dynamic. I'm teaching men how to master their emotional intelligence. And if everything starts with feeling, Mm. we have a physical sensation in our body and we call that an emotion. And then from the emotion, we create the story Mm. or the experience, which causes the story, which causes the values, which causes our thoughts. Yeah. Our, our world, mm. right? And it all comes from feeling. Mm. It's the first thing. If I put so my finger over a flame, I might not even notice the sensation first, but as soon as I do, it's like, fuck, that's hot, you know? There's no way around it. I'm curious. What do you think is, now that we've spoken about, you know, the, the what-if person who's going to be dreaming... And then the why person who's going to be, you know, more emotional and, and like living based off, like how they can care, etc. Or the what person is like mental and the how person who's physical in the body. What do you think is the emotion that has been like consistently learned that's driven that question ask and all that, that behavior? Can you resonate with any of that? As in, say it again. Like, so say, let's just focus on. Well, can we agree where what where with the what person student teacher sage? Yep. Greatest fear is not remembering. Forget everything you ever learned. You resonate <laughs> with that? Oh, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Well, then <laughs> I would be my, it's, it's yes, yes. My greatest fear. This is great. Yeah. So because this is correct, <laughs> my my greatest fear is looking stupid mm. and not knowing. Yeah. And see, my core yeah. wound as a child is my mum didn't tell me things to protect me what it caused for me was I felt left out and alone. So the emotion is like loneliness or sadness or disconnection. Potentially, yeah. Well, it's interesting as you say that I was pondering today and thinking, you know, I'm always thinking about, about, um, let's say I'm not always thinking, I was thinking (laughs) at that moment. Um, For me, you know, and even just thinking about like, it's my story, right? Did it really happen um, that way? Or have I just deleted? So what I believe to be my story was my dad was never the mentor. He never gave me advice. And yeah, maybe I'm deleting that, right? But for me, that and also like I rarely ever heard him say, I love you. You know, mm-hmm. I've heard it like two times now in my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm so like, I'm so at peace with that and understanding and connected to him appreciative more appreciative of him than than ever but i believe like that's led me here like the coping mechanism was learning teaching you know things like that so i'm just talking out loud and like picking what was the emotion driving there was the need for connection as well acknowledgement significance whatever it could be it's being seen being loved Mm. like for kids, time is love. Like, that's how you spell love to mm. a kid. It's T-I-M-E. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, it's it's the acknowledgement. And that's what our little boy desires when we're young. 
mm. is that connection, you know, to our both of our parents in some way, shape or form. For me, I had the absent father. I didn't live with my dad until I was 12. Right. Yep. You know, and so there was prior stuff to that. But essentially, like for me, what shows up is that it's like I had to dad myself. Mm. That's oh. why I'm a learner. I yeah. just, I feel like I've had to dad myself and learn myself. Yep. And that's like my own independence. I had in landmark education, they call it your strong suit. And so for me, it was... I was at a party, I was five years old, all the kids were hanging out and then all the kids ran off to next door. I think they had a beer or something like that and they're all a lot older than me but I was by far the youngest and I just remember sitting on the stairs being alone going, I'm alone. Like I just have to do it on my own Mm. and so at five years old, I made the decision that I'm going to be independent, you know, and that I just have to have me. Simple as that and Mm. I didn't consciously do it but I can look back to that core upset of feeling abandoned or feeling left out and just the feeling left out. That's why I'm such a social person in the sense of like, I don't want people to feel left out because I know what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm very much a connector. Mm. I'll connect with people because I know that everyone's got so much to offer. Yeah. I see the gold in everyone. A hundred percent. I so resonate. Like, you know, I think we're on, we've been on similar journeys that way. Like, you know how it's spoken about how a kid if if the parents didn't know how to regulate their emotions or or perhaps like attune to the kids emotions that that they may like they can become the parent right mm-hmm. um i really resonate with that from young age as well and um i think what's interesting i you know i've got multiple mentors that are psychs and uh one of them told me that well, he he actually runs rites of passage for for fathers and mothers for for girls and boys. Takes him out on a five day activity. Um, he goes through the process, and I, as I was talking to him, I was saying, I feel like I did that myself. And I said, for example, I you know when I was eighteen, I moved straight out of home as soon as I could at that legal age, and then at twenty, I flew to the other side of the world to England to live by myself. I didn't know anyone except one guy I played sport with. You know, I'd known him. I barely knew him, like not close friend. It was the first time I'd ever spent more than two weeks away from my family at the age of 20. And so I said to him, I feel like oh, that I created that my own rites of passage because I want to grow. And he said, yeah. And the thing that you missed out on is, is the last stage of the rites of passage where the, the elders, the wise people actually pull apart and say well what did you learn was this journey worth going on you know um and it's such a good point like like having community etc like like yeah groups of people and connecting to them so you can actually go through that that process Um, that's why i'm such a big fan of men's work that's why i run a circle every week Mm. and just because i'm leading it i'm just another man in that group Mm. they tear me apart Mm. and always like that's the beauty of it is every week, regardless of how I am, I show up mm. and I get loved on, but I get the fierceness of men's work, you know, the deep shadow work. We don't just do breath work. We do the real work, yeah. you know, and it's needed. Mm. Iron sharpens iron. It's mm. as simple as that. Yeah. For me, what's like the thing I've always thought about that is like, it's, I find it's really important to make sure that like set standards 
and it's not something like I haven't been in a lot of like men's only group communities that are for the purpose of like being as as honest and focused on self leadership, self development, uh, from you know as deep as you can go, emotional, etc. More so been in in sporting environments where <laughs> shame is thrown around like hot potato, <laughs> basically, um, or the military as well. So I feel like now you know my journey's led me here to have you know friends like you or pe- people I know that are like at that level, and that my like my concern there is to ensure that like there's it doesn't become just a talking thing right even though there's like there's wisdom in place but then like because this is what i see like the implementing of the student that everybody's a student they're being that student there and some of them are a very incompetent student because they haven't learned right so i think that can easily become just from one little like person who can be like the rotten egg of the bunch be like just talking 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 through things and not going and implementing that um so it's a good question for you like how do you navigate that and it's and an ascension that, that model well what, what we would do in men's group if there's a man that's just all talk mm. that's he's stuck in his magician he's stuck in his head talking mm-hmm. and to me the warrior is the doer so he lacks warrior energy and needs to move it's like great you've talked about it enough mm. let's set an accountability do you so use jujitsu sometimes to like we wrestle yes yeah, yeah implement that that um, what those action. men typically don't participate. Yeah, right. Because they're so stuck in their head. Oh, so do you give them an option of whether they can participate or not? They'll just opt out. Okay. I, I, you know, yeah. specifically, I can think of many men that would do that. They're so in their head that they won't actually compete. They mm. won't actually get in their bodies and, and put their lives on the line. You yeah. know, and that's them stuck in that. But it's also them stuck in a victim which is the drama triangle. It's another map yeah. that I use, right? It's like... I use it too, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's just like one of those things. It's like attachment style, drama triangle, mm. the archetypes. It's all a layering. My Hakomi study, loving presence. Just what, can I, what tools can I bring to men's group that's going to have men as like a... I think it's like a sour mash. It's like we use a bit of everyone's skill mm. and smush it together to create... You know, say my group's got nearly 20 guys in it. That's the minds of 20 men mm. bringing all their talent to the group. So, yeah. you know, from lawyers to artists to, you know, fighters to whoever in the group, and they're all bringing their skill to love each other, mm. to hold each other accountable. Some men are really good with the details. Some men are just really, you know, in their light, masculine and just like all love and light and then there's other guys in there that just want to go to the darkest depths of everything mm-hmm. you know so it's all this beautiful witnessing with each other safety within each other mm. i love it i wouldn't have it i wouldn't not have my life without it because i wouldn't have a life without it well it's as simple as that yeah you know so yeah but it's like like you say it's like finding the tools What's the tools that we can use mm. to bring that forward for each of us, you know? And it's not its not to win, so to speak. Group isn't about winning. It's about how, what do you need? What do you want to achieve? What's next, mm. you know? And keeping accountability because the, the three major points for me inside of my group is shadow work, accountability, sharing. Because mm. those three key points is what creates the cohesion 
It's beautiful. The sharing creates the safety and the trust and the vulnerability. Mm. The accountability holds the structure and the shadow work. Well, you need that. You have to be pulling apart the man. Like you said, Mm. it's the deaths of all the parts of us to become the king. Yeah, yeah. You know? And it's the integration of the three archetypes of the warrior, the lover, and the magician to Mm. get to king. Because you don't get to be the king without it. Yeah, well, I feel like that, yeah, you're all supporting each other to become kings. Like, yeah. Do you you agree? Yeah. 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 But then what's interesting is, um, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Pressfield. Mm-hmm. You know, the author Art of War War of Art yeah yeah uh, I love what he said in an interview about how he believes that we go on the hero's journey on a big scale of our whole life mm. and then our next journey is the artist's journey yeah like he says you know when he was 50 that's when he kind of got all that that fame he was 50 years old halfway through his life and then went down that journey and it's so interesting like ever since i've heard that i noticed that what i believe like exists like i think about all my long-term goals you know what my my, one of my big goals are is to be able to write my own album play piano fluently and sing to a crowd of like a thousand people who are like all cheering because they actually enjoyed the performance you know so i see that artist like waiting going i'm ready to go on the journey once Mm -hmm. i finish you know the all heroes and and closing things down but you know i one of my client the child psychologist we're like uh this is in the gym right training and um she's a child psychologist right she works at the hospital and, and she's she's fucking awesome man like it's just i just i'm so grateful to spend time with her she's so smart intelligent and she's when she's tired she gets real funny <laughs> delirious <laughs> funny yeah and just does silly things but then like you know just one day i go oh, what'd you get for what'd you get for Christmas? And she goes, oh, my, my husband got me a microphone. And he's also, I'm collaborating with him. He's a mentor, he's a child and adult psychologist. Amazing. Wow. Um, I should I should uh, yes. show you him. Um, and he would do an interview, maybe not in person, but anyway. Uh, she goes, he got me a microphone. Why'd you get your microphone? I said, and she said, oh, because I sing. I go, oh, can I hear something? She has fucking the best pipes ever like she's she like <laughs> i love that about she people like shows me a recording of like singing sia Unstop- i'm unstoppable and i was like holy shit that's amazing like she fully went for it and i just thought to myself another artist journey for me like it's like that's the true she does that for the love and for me that's like i sing in the car or whatever i don't do it because i'm gonna go coach and help people or whatever it's, it's there's no it's it's a pure thing for me first mm. that and co- of course like i love i love coaching mentoring all the things that i do but i feel like there's a more pure unique sort of soul you know maybe a thing that that isn't about any experiences i've had it's just always been there that i just love to to see and the and the that bit for me the way i see it and the way the lens that i use with the archetypes is that's your lover your lover just loves to play and dance and mm. sing and be free. It's not to make money. It's just for pleasure. Yeah. It's the lover archetype in us that just wants to be in the feeling. Yeah. It's our feeler. So it's like singing feels good, right? Mm. Mm. I play in a punk band. I've been in this band for 20 years, right? Well, I forgot about that. Yeah, right? So <laughs> it's like I, I totally I totally get the whole like being an artist and playing. Mm. Like we, We're recording all of our own original songs at the moment. That's we're going to put awesome. it on vinyl. Yeah, and playing shows and playing gigs and like I love to perform because it's that 
presence. It's just like I get to have fun. I get mm. to play in a band with other guys yeah. and we just, we talk absolute shit, you yeah. know? Like our songs are just hilarious, you know? They're just <laughs> funny. It's all innuendo. It's about sex, fighting, <laughs> fucking, whatever, you know? And I love it and it's silly and it's great, you know? So, yeah. you know, that part of, like I so see that and that's like, that's the lens. So if a man is two in his warrior, it's like, okay, cool. Or you two in your head, it's like, how do you get in your body? What's something that's just playful? What can you do for play? If I'm always in my head and I'm in fear and I'm in these things, it's like, how could I come back to something when I was younger that's just, I did just for me, mm. that was just for nothing? Yeah. Like, go out into nature and do nothing. Like you're saying before, like, mm. kick a footy with your mate for oh. an hour. It was so good last week when I did that. And that was one of those things that, yeah, I just, yeah. I love it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm doing the same at the moment. I'm back training and I'm using weightlifting. I'm not doing jujitsu and it feels great. I'm mm. playing in the gym again. I'm just having a good time, you know, and it's like it gets me in my body. I definitely feel better in my life as a whole if I'm exercising. Mm. Just no doubt about it. 100%. I just have to be, you mm. know. So th- for so many other men, it's the same thing. It's like... Do you train like your warrior needs to have a physical pursuit that's a match for your warrior's energy? Yeah. You know, if you are 70, don't do jujitsu, you know, like Mm. unless you've done it for 70, like, you know, 20 years. But it's like find something that's a good match that energizes you but doesn't break you. Because my thing with that was as a recovering masochist is that (laughs) I used to use training to punish myself. Yeah, yeah. And I've learned that now. It's like I use training to enhance my life and, and to feel good and to energize me. So mm. I'm always encouraging men, do it to love yourself. Mm. How could you train this week that's an action or a, a, from a place of love mm. rather than I have to or I should or I eat like a garbage can so I have to train out train my shitty diet. Mm. Things like that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's neglecting of the body. Mm. Yeah, so you, you you don't look the way that is socially approved. I'm going to go punish you and and train. Yeah, um, we could go on for hours, man. But I think we should cut it there for tonight. Yeah, seven okay. o'clock. You've gone overtime. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. We're going to get you back on the show for sure. So again, reach out, Darren Bruce on Instagram. We'll get. I'll, I'll pa- Daz pass. Bruce. That's it, Daz yeah. Bruce. Put you on the um on the show notes. I'll put the map. Or a link to an image at least or some version or can we get in contact or Yeah, just uh better for them to message me and say, Hey, can I can I check out the communication code? Because it's actually something I'm not supposed to just share publicly to Fine. anyone. Yeah, wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'll just do not. it like um via email to someone who wants to see it. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully they can make some sense of what we've spoken about. <laughs> you know what? It's just really good to hear the archetypes being used in a way that really made sense. Like mm. it's like a line like for me it's like the steps mm. How, what are the steps because i'm a what right and it's like but and cool. you know what like i can trace back like i can give you stories of like the what if person like for me i remember what if like because obviously i'm in that water and like was learning and teaching wanting to learn and teach and then i remember sitting down with my mate and like for new years we did fuck all right we went and sat down by brisbane river and we looked out it was like midnight the moon was up and we decided to set our goals and I remember setting my goals and I and I was doing that what if I was dreaming, right? And I was like, 
this is how everything's going to be in my life. I'm going to be earning $10,000 a month and this and blah, 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 blah. And I remember looking back in that journal two years later and I was like, this is when I'd started my business and left the military, all this stuff had happened. I'm like, I'd, all of this has happened. Most of this is, has happened. It's because I was able to get out of that, you know, what mental and, and, and dream and I, and I could still do that more, right? And that's mm-hmm. how I started my business. Everything, I can, I can like track back every amazing thing happened in my life for me to just stop for that moment and be present to be able to dream because I like my strength is being in my head, right? So to take that away or not have that framework, I could be lost if I never did those things. It just so happened that everything aligned that I went and did that and actually dreamed and somehow like found that guidance myself. But now I can sort of give this to you know, other people themselves and realize, oh, you're in your head for too long, even though it's your strength. You need to go and dream and be present with this moment and feel good about what you're dreaming about. Not from a fear-based perspective. Sure, there might be some, some fear, like you said, but you're excited as well. And so it's, yeah, it's just a map. It's, it's a guide to know what to do next and understand yourself more. Mate, and the last question I always ask my, my guests is, what is a man on a mission to you? A man on a mission. I always think about a mission as why somebody is doing thing something. So I think a man on a mission is a man who is doing something that is not only to benefit himself, but it's for the greater good. Um, and he feels he feels that that it's that it's that what he's doing is for the greater good like it, it's and the reason he feels it is because he can relate to that like so for me for example one of my missions is in the, on the background is to give to charity water which is charity waters a, a charity obviously um created to basically basically end world thirst like like 600 million people die but because they don't have fresh drinking water in the third world um, per year. Mm. So all the money goes towards creating fresh drinking water in those places where kids walk for 10 kilometers just to get some water. And the reason that that is a mission is because, because like health is such a high value of mine, right? Personal trainer originally that I'm like, for me to think and feel, imagine if I couldn't even have fresh water. Like I now, as I say that, like it makes me emotional. I'm thirsty just thinking about. Yeah, like I'm like, just, it, yeah, really makes me emotional to think like somebody actually dies from that. Like that is so, not okay, you know, and that's yeah, that's my example of a man on a mission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it, man. I love the way you think, and I love watching it in person while you're doing it. So <laughs> Thanks, bro. we'll get you back. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll um, add all the show notes in and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Appreciate you, Ryan.